You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. We're back on The Pipeline Show. We moved from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in the conversation with Jerome Berube to my next guest, also from HockeyProspect.com. As uh, all the guests are today, as the Black Book is now out and available for you and all uh, your draft nerd uh, endeavors. Endeavor is probably the wrong word, but uh, you can get your fix for the NHL draft. Anyway, the Black Book is the staple, the Bible, the benchmark in the uh, independent scouting industry. And uh, my next guest is part of the team. Uh, Brad Allen joins me now. Uh, we're going to chat some Ontario Hockey League guys. Uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show, Brad. Good to chat with you. Thanks for having me, Youngie. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Let's get right to it because there's a number of guys to touch on. And uh, the guys outside your top 31, which people can see for free at HockeyProspect.com, I won't mention where those guys are ranked, uh, but Phil Tomasino is the top guy out of the OHL. He comes in your final ranking at 18. I had him on the show down in Red Deer at the CHL Top Prospect game. Really enjoyed the conversation with him, and I liked the way uh, what I saw from him there, but that's just one game. You've seen him a lot. Tell me what's to like about Phil Tomasino. Phil Tomasino's a pretty well-rounded center. He's a it's kind of a Swiss Army knife type of player. You can put him in a lot of spots on the ice, and he can do a lot of things. Uh, he's about six feet tall, 180 pounds, but he doesn't play uh, his size. He plays bigger than his size. Uh, he's good along the boards. He's strong on the puck. Uh, he's hard to uh, he's hard to check properly. He's, he's very evasive, and that's because of his edge work, which is one of his better attributes. Uh, he's also a pretty skilled player and a pretty intelligent player. So he's good down low around the net area, and he's also good above the hash marks. 34 goals this year, 72 points, and obviously an offensive guy. That was a really deep team. Um, so when you know it comes to next year, you're projecting a big jump forward for him as a few guys move on from the Niagara Ice Dogs and he gets more opportunity? Yes, for sure. The the more ice time he gets, the, the better he'll become. And he already developed uh, quite a good pace this year and was probably the most consistent OHL player, which is one of the reasons we have him uh, so highly ranked. Uh, but yeah, with with extended ice time and becoming one of the go-to main guys on Niagara, he's gonna he's gonna be able to take off and get uh, far more points than he did the, this previous year. The first segment of the show today, we had uh, Mark on Mark Edwards from uh, HockeyProspect.com talking about the changes to the Black Book this year and the the grading scale uh, in four categories: the Hockey Sense, Compete, Skill, and Skating uh, on a three to nine scale, nine being a uh, elite. Uh, Tomasino seven in three of the four categories compete the, the one where he's not a seven, but that's still a six. So really pretty, uh, pretty strong across the board there. Yeah, he's, he's a well-rounded and versatile player. And, and my personal viewings, he was probably even closer to a seven compete than a six. So mm. it, it kind of depends on your viewings for compete. It's a bit more, there's a bit more variables and variation in that attribute. But, uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't mind getting hit. He's really hard to play against. And uh, he doesn't mind going to high traffic areas uh, to score a goal or make a play, and that's why we have his compete ranked as a six, and sometimes it's even a seven. All right, next guy on the list comes in at nineteen. That's Thomas Harley, defenseman with uh, the Mississauga Steelheads. This is a guy I remember chatting with uh, Mark about earlier, probably midway through the season, and uh, maybe a, a bit of a guy who had uh, split reviews uh, on the staff. Uh, I wonder if that's fair to say because I know Mark at the, at least at that time wasn't necessarily a big fan. Well, with with Harley, it, it's it's kind of how much talent is there compared to how much compete is there. So mm-hmm. there, there's a ton of talent with Thomas Harley, uh, but there's also really inconsistent compete levels. So at one game, he'll hit he'll hit players off the puck. 
He'll box out players effectively. He doesn't mind battling. Uh, his pace will be better. And then we see a really effective version of Thomas Harley that looks like a bona fide A ranked player and a first round talent for sure. And then other games, he looks disinterested, lethargic. He doesn't even seem to want to block shots properly or get into lanes at the rate he should. And that version of Harley is the one that scared Mark off. Well, he's, it's, he still uh, gets that A rank uh, from HockeyProspect.com in the black book. Uh, so I guess the the so many positives, I guess, outweigh the, the one negative. You just hope that whichever team selects him, they're able to uh, get that consistent effort from him. Yeah, so what, the, the reason we still have him as an A-rated player is when you look at uh, ways that he could compensate for his compete level if it is off, he has those tools. So he's one of the best passers in this class. He's excellent at extending his passes over two lines. Uh, he's going to be one of the more efficient puck distributors at being able to move the puck out of his own end and up the ice, which is obviously very valuable asset to any NHL team and something NHL teams always look for. And there's a ton of raw, untapped offensive upside there that we think is just starting to show. And so if he starts to develop properly and, and increases his pace, well, you might end, he might end up being the best OHL player out of this class. Speaking of the best of, uh, when I had uh, Vlad Kolyachanak on the show, uh, as I was setting up the interview to have him on, uh, I was told that uh, I needed to get him on the show because he could eventually become the best Belarusian NHLer of all time, uh, which, you know, I, it, it sounds impressive, but going through the, the list of former NHLers uh, from Belarus, uh, not exactly a... Uh, um, a stellar list. I think Ruslan Saleh or something like that is one of the top guys at this point. But that's not to take away from Kolyachanak. And you guys have him ranked uh, 22nd. You give him a B. And uh, it's pretty rare to see a guy get an elite-level rating, but you have a 9 next to him for skating. Now, that's to offset a number 5 at hockey sense, but that skating must be pretty pretty sensational. We only gave out, I think, five, nine ratings in the book. So, yeah, he, he managed to grab one, which speaks volumes to, uh, as you just described, his skating. He's one of the best skaters in this entire class and arguably the best skater on the back end in this class. Uh, he's, he's, he has phenomenal mechanics and he, he looks weightless. That's kind of how we describe it in the book. He, he, he looks weightless when he's trying to t- take off. So it allows him to recover at an amazing rate, which is very important for his game since his hockey sense can be mixed. Hmm. Um, depending on the viewing, he has a bit of difficulty dealing with the forecheck down below the goal line. And in other viewings, you know, he, he does a pretty good job with it. Uh, one of the problems with trying to identify exactly what, uh, what Vladisov can become is due to the team he's on. You know, Flint gets overrun quite often. They're not a very good team. So he didn't get too many opportunities to almost showcase uh, what he's capable of doing with the with the speed, and we saw more of it uh, internationally last season, even. And then at the U18s, you saw him kind of take over, and he looked far far better. So we think that if he can, if he does translate, he's not going to be like a, a Thomas Harley type of player, but he's he's going to be able to be a minute eater who can rely on his skating to move the puck out of the zone, and uh, that's valuable. Uh, Twenty nine points this year in fifty three games, only four goals though, not a not a shooter. Uh, he can shoot the puck. He, he actually has a plus release point, and he knows how to get it through traffic. It's just it kind of goes back to, to Flint. They don't get too many opportunities okay. in the offensive end. and um, uh, We expect those point totals to to increase. It, it's more he, There's inconsistency with how much he asserts himself 
into each game mm-hmm. because unfortunately with Flint, sometimes there was games where they were down four or five nothing early, and it, it almost it seemed like it sunk the team. The, the momentum of the the game was taken from them, and uh, Vladislav was unfortunately a part of that and wasn't able to get going. But when it came to, for instance, the U18s, uh, even with the game down eight nine nothing at times against Canada, he was still competing. So we think it might be more due to the environment he was in, but. We'll see next season, but either way, we do like him, and he has tremendous tools, so we're hoping those tools will translate and make our ranking of him look good. Brad Allen from HockeyProspect.com is my guest right now as we uh, look at some of the guys out of the OHL that factor heavily into the uh, the Black Book ranking, uh, which you can find at HockeyProspect.com. Next is uh, rank number 26, Ryan Suzuki, who uh, this year had 75 points, 25 of those were goals uh, with the Barry Colts. Uh, now, the Ryan Suzuki, we know Nick Suzuki. This is his younger brother. I uh, saw him at the Holinka Gretzky Cup here in Edmonton uh, this past summer uh, and liked him, but didn't necessarily uh, blow me away. Uh, what sort of impression has he made it with you over the course of the season? Yeah, he doesn't play very similar to his brother, um, but he is arguably more talented. Um, I remember the first viewings I saw of him that he, you know, I, I was kind of in the boat of, I don't know what this player is actually going to end up developing into in his draft year. It was at the U-17s last season. Mm. Um, he scored over, I think, a point per game in that tournament, but I remember saying to myself they were empty points. The, the, he's too much. He's on the perimeter a lot. Uh, his compete is extremely inconsistent. Uh, he doesn't know how to take over a game, even though his talent level and tools uh, should theoretically allow him to take over most games in the OHL, and that's reflective uh, in his point totals. Uh, he has a tremendous uh, shot, but you wouldn't think it based off his goal output. Uh, he doesn't really recognize when he should shoot uh, because he is an instinctive playmaker. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's good to a degree because his passing ability is so high-end. He's one of the most talented players in this draft and arguably one of the top five playmakers. Uh, but he needs to learn when to pick his spots on the ice to do his, you know, to pass and to shoot. And he hasn't figured that out yet. And he needs to learn how to uh, cut inside into heavy traffic and, and uh, use his skating more than he currently does. Yeah, well, that eight uh, for under his skill ranking or rating uh, is pretty darn impressive, but there is that five under compete, so another guy who doesn't bring it necessarily every night. Yeah, it, it's very inconsistent. He's he for me, he's probably the most frustrating player in this class. Mm-hmm. He, he drove me. You know, it, it was there were some viewings where you see uh, this flicker of hope, where it's like, okay, if he continues to do this now for an extended couple of weeks, and maybe he can keep developing here and move up the rankings. But unfortunately, uh, he was unable to be as consistent as he needed to be. But uh, regardless of that, this is a very talented player, and uh, if he can figure out an on switch, if, if flip a switch, then he has an opportunity to really make our rankings look uh, look poor down the stretch. Well, when it comes to compete, maybe the opposite end of the spectrum is Jamison Reese, who uh, gets an eight under that category uh, for you guys. He's ranked uh, 31, so uh, right at the end of the first round for uh, for your individual uh, team rankings, the team being HockeyProspect.com. But uh, Jamison Reese, uh, lots to compete, uh, tries hard every night, uh, but does lack a little bit in the hockey sense in the skating category. Tell me why. Yeah, this is one of Mark uh, Mark Edwards' personal favorites. Uh, he, he loves Jamison Reese, and uh, for good reason. He's an incredibly competitive player, and uh, he, he's a pretty skilled player too, uh, but he gets more out of his game than you think he should at times. And and that's just because he's one of those hockey player type of players. Like He just knows how to play the game the right way, and he knows how to overwhelm players, just willing plays. 
uh, into existence that, that aren't there. And he's creative and he's skilled and he can do a lot of good things, even on the forecheck, despite his size. Um, the problem is, as you just alluded to, is his skating is more five than a six. Um, and that's not good given his size as he's probably around 5'10", I think, 5'10", mm -hmm. 170. So he definitely needs to improve his uh, skating output in order to uh, translate to the next level. But the mechanics aren't too bad. It's more a power thing. So we're thinking if he can get a bit stronger, then that should help him a lot. Um, and then with his with his hockey sense, it's it's more by part of who he's uh, lined up with on Sarnia because we didn't see the same concerns internationally. It was mostly in league play where was, the hockey sense was a bit more mixed. Oh, interesting. Well, one of the parts of the black book I enjoy the most is the the, the scouts uh, quotes, the quotes from uh, scouts and. Uh, it, under the write-up for Jamison Reese, there's lots of mentions of comparables to Travis Konechny and Brad Marchant, maybe Brendan Gallagher. Although those guys are, you know, undersized players, I don't think of them as slow though. Are those things when you look back at uh, those players as juniors, were they? Is that something they worked on? Uh, and that uh, maybe Jamison Reese is, is similar. Skating one of those uh, traits that I think you can probably improve on the most, uh, just with uh, by technique and training, but. Um, those comparables uh, ring true to you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they make sense. I, I remember when me and Mark first discussed them. It was more like a poor man, Travis Konechny. So the, there's where the poor man's reference comes in because, right. it, as you said, Konechny was uh, a faster and, and slightly more talented player than Reese is. Um, the the thing that you need though, if you if you do have average skating, is a relentless pace. If you have a relentless drive, it kind of compensates for your skating, and, mm -hmm. and that's what's happened with Reese here. So we're thinking that that could translate at the next level as well. If he can get to a six skating, even with his size, he still might be able to do some real damage in the NHL because of the relentless drive and pace that he keeps. All right, just outside of the top thirty-one, so I won't uh, mention where these guys are ranked now. Uh, come Black Book time, uh, people uh, that are listening to this can figure that out for themselves. Uh, Connor McMichael, the next OHL guy to chat about, played for the London Knights this year. Again, another uh, undersized player, but uh, sounds like there is a player in there. What can you tell us about Connor McMichael? McMichael's an interesting player. He's been a bit divisive as well, kind of like Suzuki and, and the kid we'll get to shortly here, Kaliev, and a lot of other OHL players. It's been a pretty interesting year to say to scout the OHL. It's been a difficult one. And uh, this player is another reason why, uh, because he, depending on the game, you get two different versions. One game, he'll be invisible and, mm. and draw a curtain over himself. And another game, he looks excellent. He, he, you know, and it starts with his hockey sense. He's a really smart player. He can make quick one-touch passes with the puck. He rarely forces plays. He identifies soft dice quickly, and he has a plus shot to to take advantage of. So uh, that that gave him, I think he scored 37 goals this year, which is a really impressive number, uh, especially if you see him enough. You'd be like, you'd say that that wouldn't translate because there are too many games where he's inconsistent, but uh, he, he still produced. Uh, I'm going to go to Arthur Kaliev next, and... Um... I remind people that I am not a scout. I host a prospect show, and I, I see a lot of prospect hockey because I, I do the broadcast for the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, and I was at the Holinka Cup, this uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup in August uh, in Edmonton, and uh, was at the top prospect game. Kaliev was outstanding in both of those events and scored 51 goals this year. F the outside looking in, I'm wondering, okay, this guy is going to be ranked pretty high. But you guys don't have them ranked uh, where a lot of people uh, probably would expect that you have them ranked. Uh, and there's probably good reason for that. Maybe explain Arthur Kaliev, a bit of an enigma there, maybe. Uh, yeah, so he he's 
one of the best snipers in this entire draft, and he needs very little time and space to get the puck at the back of the net. Uh, unfortunately, he comes with a lot of uh, warts in his game. Uh, he, he's a very average skater, and his compete for us is poor. And unfortunately, that was consistent the entire season. It never let up. Uh, he, he was arguably the worst forechecker in my personal viewings. Mm. And um, unless he's scoring, he's not going to be able to do too much for a team. So he kind of falls into the uh, Cole Caulfield uh, situation where a lot of scouts are going to say, well, if, if they're not scoring, what are they? And it, it usually it means they're not going to be doing much else. So with Arthur Kaliev, it, 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 in order to be able to score as prolifically in the NHL as he currently does in the OHL, he's going to have to fix his skating, but his mechanics are a bit wonky, and there just seems to be a lack of internal drive in this player. So it's leaving scouts kind of skeptical on, on how they're going to be able to develop him properly. And just looking at some of the comments and quotes from the scouts, uh, one comparison to Pavel Brendel, who, for those out here in the uh, western half of the country, uh, was a dominant junior hockey player for the Calgary Hitmen and obviously went nowhere uh, once he got uh, to the to the next level. That was uh, about Arthur Kaliev. Uh, next up is Nick Robertson, who was the running mate for Kaliev at both the Holinka Gretzky Cup and at the CHL Top Prospect game. That line in Red Deer with Peyton Krebs on it was fantastic. But again, small sample size for people like me, the scouts like you, uh, Brad, um, to see a different, a uh, different picture, a different player. Um, tell me about Nick Robertson, undersized, but boy, when I saw him, there was lots of skill. Yeah, there, there is some similarities to Kaliev in, in terms of skill and his, sh- uh, his shot. He has an excellent release point and he has excellent hands. So he's able to beat players cleanly one on one and threaten from far out above the hash marks. Um, he also has a much, much more consistent compete level and off ice seems to understand the whole drive situation where he knows what he needs to do uh, in order to make it uh the problem with robertson is that he, as you as you said he's small very small he's about i think he's five eight maybe a buck fifty he's a very small player and i we don't think he's going to grow a whole lot so he's going to need to get way stronger uh, he's he's off balance um, when he's trying to push off. He he gets knocked to the ice easily, so it's it's for sure a strength concern with uh, Robertson. But uh, given his frame, there might not be too much room for him to grow, which might scare uh, a lot of scouts off of him when it comes to drafting. All right, uh, a player who came to my attention later in the year. In fact, it was a listener request to get him on the show. Uh, is Ethan Keppen? You mentioned the Flint Firebirds, not a very good team this year. Might have been one of the few bright spots for that club. Uh, and I had him on the show and really liked him. Seemed like a really confident uh, sounding player and, and uh, wanted to make a difference in Flint. Does he make a difference on the ice? What kind of a player is Ethan Keppen? Uh, Keppen is a power forward who had a very good season. Uh, he kind of forced uh, my hand and Mark's to a degree because of how much production he started to to have he, mm-hmm. he you know he he's not a kid who's going to score too many highlight real goals for you but he has pretty good hockey sense and he knows how to get into heavy traffic and get the kind of the jam goal or the rebound goal um he he also has a pretty good backhand uh, so there there's ways for him to score and he knows how to get to those those areas to score those goals uh he also knows how to play the body he's good on the four check uh he's a big kid i think 62 200 pounds yeah. so there's a good frame to work with uh, with Kepin, it's mostly his skating. His skating's a five. He, he relies on his power to get going, but he needs to improve his mechanics if he wants to play at the next level. He's got the hockey sense and, and things like that to to uh, to make it at the next level. You think that uh, there there is a player in there? He's just got to find a way to move his feet. 
Yeah, he, he's not a he's not going to be like a high end playmaker or anything, or he's not going to fit on a power play. But if you put him on a four checking role and uh, get him to hit everybody and get to the front of the net, then he might be able to chip in offensively and be a plus contributor for a team. Okay. Uh, last guy I want to chat about is uh, one of the. It's a very short list of goaltenders that you uh, at HockeyProspect.com have have given an actual ranking to. Just six goalies uh, making the list. Uh, and one of them is out of the OHL and Hunter Jones. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation I had with him earlier this season. And I know he was ranked fairly high uh, throughout the year. Uh, tell me about Hunter Jones and why he's uh, maybe the best goaltender out of the OHL this year and, and one of the guys you expect to go uh, in the uh, NHL draft. So Hunter, Hunter started the season really strongly. Uh, he stole some games early for us, and that's when we really put him on the map. I was like, hey, we got to keep watching him. Uh, he's a he's a big goalie. He's six four, and he's super reflexive for his for his height and size. He has great reaction time. Uh, he can stop a lot of really high difficult shots because of that. Uh, unfortunately, as the season progressed, it seemed like his conditioning took a hit. Uh, because of how weak Peterborough's uh, defense was. So he was getting too high a shot volume per game, and we think that really affected him. And uh, one aspect we are kind of in the dark with with Hunter is to why why certain games he just seemed almost unprepared. Uh, there were there were games where he just would let in a goal that he you know he shouldn't have let in, and then there were other performances where he stood on his head and looked very very consistent. So with Hunter, it's all about getting the mental game to catch up to the uh, physical tools that he has. All right, that's Hunter Jones of the Peterborough Peets. Uh, well, listen, Brad, I really appreciate getting a chance to chat with you. We'll do it again uh, next year for sure and uh, make sure that you're in the, the uh, rotation on an ongoing basis. Uh, great to chat with you this year. Enjoy the draft and uh, the very short offseason you have coming up before you get back into the rink. That sounds good, Keith. Thanks. I will definitely be calling on uh, Brad next year. Terrific uh, debut here on the Pipeline Show for Brad Allen of HockeyProspect.com, letting us know about the OHL players ahead of the 2019 NHL draft. All right, up next, we're going to head south of the border, USHL and uh, U.S. high school players, and it's a long list. We're not going to talk about the U.S. National Development Program. We did that last week with the uh, the voice of the U18 squad, the U18 and the U17 squad, uh, Pete Krupski. So if you missed it last week, go check out that one because that's where we talk about all the, you know, the Jack Hughes and the Trevor Zegris and the Matthew Boldy and the Alex Turcotte and, the, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, we went in-depth last week doing that. So this week we're going to look at the rest of the USHL. And in fact, the scouting community really separates uh, the, the U.S. national development team from the USHL. The league doesn't because... Obviously, they like to be able to say they have, you know, so many players uh, drafted out of the league, and I understand that. Uh, but the players themselves, the U.S., uh, the U18 squad, they only play a third of their calendar in the USHL. I mean, they, they're playing internationally, and they're also playing NCAA opponents. So I, I'm pretty sure that's why the scouts take them out of the USHL, uh, you know, for their various rankings. Central Scouting does it. So does HockeyProspect.com. That would be why. So we're going to get to know the rest of the US, USHL and the U.S. high school players that, that made the cut here for HockeyProspect.com. It's a long segment, the longest segment of this uh, episode. So uh, grab a coffee, settle into a, a comfy chair. Dustin Braxma is my guest. And that's up next here on the Pipeline Show. Hamblers win the draw. Mackey with it now. Blue line for Middlestead. Bardot shoots and scores! Casey Middlestead from the far dot, and 
And the Gamblers lead 2-1. That's a power play goal for Casey Middlestad. It's Casey Middlestad from the Green Bay Gamblers, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Talent, development, NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. And Patrick Sharp were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 